Welcome to the Be Your Own Badass podcast, a show dedicated to helping overwhelmed women stop people-pleasing and learn how to live their life guilt-free for putting themselves first. I'm your host, Sarah Catherine, and it's time to live a life on your terms. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Be Your Own Badass podcast. I'm Sarah Catherine. I am the host of this show as well as a self-discovery coach, helping overwhelmed women stop people-pleasing and ultimately feel empowered to make decisions for themselves and set and go after aligned goals that feel good for them. In today's episode, I have an interview with a good friend of mine. His name is Justin Gonzalez Rodholm. He and I have known each other for, oh goodness, probably since 2013-ish. So that's like eight years now, which is wild to think about. Justin and I met while we both worked at Disneyland. We worked at a couple of the same attractions together. Um, We worked in California Adventure at Soarin' Over California, and Tower of Terror, back when Tower of Terror was actually in California Adventure, RIP. (laughs) Um, Justin and I also um, were roommates for four years with his now wife, Kiana, and we have been talking about collaborating for a long time, specifically about failure, talking about the topic of failure, how to manage it, the entire concept of it, the weight behind it, navigating it, all of that kind of stuff. And that's what we did today. One of the main reasons why I wanted to talk about this with Justin specifically is because he is an actor. And when it comes to acting and the whole entertainment profession, failure is just something that comes with the job more so than I'd say almost any other profession. Like rejection and failure are just pieces that you have to deal with when you knowingly go into the industry, if that makes sense. And so a quick little thing about Justin, a quick little bio. Justin has been acting and performing since the fifth grade. He received his bachelor's degree from California State University Long Beach in acting performance. He is currently in the second half of a two-year Meisner Technique program through Ruskin School for Acting. He worked at Disneyland from two, well, no, he didn't only work in Disneyland. He once, he started in Disney World. But he worked at Disney from 2008 to 2019, where he met me as well as his now wife, Kiana. While at Disney, he was a part of the Youth Education Series, which is called the YES program. He's going to briefly talk about that in the episode today, where he taught groups of students about a variety of subjects ranging from California history, physics, marketing, leadership, and goal setting. So hope you enjoy today's episode. If you have any questions at all, any links or anything like that mentioned will be in the show notes. And without further ado, here's Justin. Hi, Justin. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Um, For those of you guys who don't know, Justin and I have been friends for a while. We worked at Disney together. Um, we were roommates for like four years Yeah, we were. and, (laughs) and we've been talking about collaborating on something for a while, specifically about the topic of failure. I've had a different episode dedicated to this a long time ago, but it's always a good idea to get other people's perspectives and then revisit everything and see, you know, all different sides of it. Cause it's a, it's a complicated topic and it's, there's a lot that goes along with it. So 
Justin's here to help talk about it even more. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. That so many different people, I mean, so many people have different opinions or like views on what failure is. So it is good to kind of get those different perspectives because one view might not be the same for another person. I mean, yep. I like to think that mine is the like correct one. I think we all <laughs> might feel that way about our own opinions, but I'm not so closed minded as to think that it is in fact the only way to view it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, one reason why like you were someone that I thought it was good to talk to about this is because, and you'll, we'll go into this with some of the questions, but your acting experience, like that's a whole different level of dealing with yeah. failure, rejection, all that kind of stuff. Like it comes with the profession so much more than like what someone like me might have to deal with. So it's always good to hear especially from those different kinds of perspectives, because people listening also might can relate to those a little bit more than something I may have gone through. So, right. yeah. yeah. So first, tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are, what you do. I know I did a quick little intro, but always good to hear from you too. Yeah. So um, I am an actor. Uh, I'm currently pursuing that profession um, I was starting to definitely gain some headway on that before COVID happened. But then, um, you know, like with most things, everything just kind of shut down. So it's very much been a restart for me in that field um, since I wasn't so far along, which has been hard. But it's also been nice because I've been able to like look at what I currently have in terms of like my headshots, slate shots, just any any of my media and look to see how it's serving me and um, what I can do to improve it. So I've started the ball rolling with that. Uh, I've gotten in a cl- I have gotten in a class <laughs> uh, last year. I'm in the second year now, and that's actually really been helping me as well um, with my craft and with uh, just actually being able to communicate with people in my everyday life as well. So that's been awesome. Um, I graduated from Cal State Long Beach a couple of years ago uh, with a degree in theater. Uh, That was a really fun experience. Um, For those of you who have gone to Cal State Long Beach, go beach. Uh, It's such a nice campus. And yeah, uh, like you said, we met at Disney. We've been friends for like eight, seven years now. It's been it's been a while. (laughs) And huh? I just said, Lord knows at this point. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been a while, but um, yeah, it, that, that experience in itself, just working at Disney, I think is also really informed how I view failure and um, like approaching things because like as wonderful as Disney is or can be, there's, there's a lot of letdowns that I associate with Disney as well. So yeah. So referring back to what we were talking about earlier, how would you define failure in your own terms? So this one was actually kind of hard for me. There cuz there's like because it has changed over the years, which I know is the next question as well. Uh <laughs> and so I think initially like true failure is just not trying. Like if you are making the decision, if you have a a goal or something you want to achieve or just something you're working towards and you just decide like, I'm not going to try, I'm not going to do it, then that to me is like true failure because 
you're letting yourself down. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, especially with school, like we are constantly looking for extrinsic gratification on anything with our grades. When we get our report card, we have to bring it to our parents and our parents reward us or they punish us based on our, on our, uh, how well we did. Um, our assignments are, we're getting grades and we want, you know, our teachers to think good of us. Um, just everything is an outside source, but we're not taught how to find like that, like whether or not we're doing it for us and like how well we're, we're performing for, or to our standards. Mm -hmm. And so when we just give up, we're letting ourselves down. Mm -hmm. Um, We're failing, but Mm -hmm. going out and giving it your all, or at least giving it a good, honest effort. If you fail in quotes, if you, then you're, it's not as hard. It's not Mm -hmm. as like hard of a hit because you're doing it for yourself. You can learn from whatever you did wrong and then grow from that. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does. And like, I honestly hadn't even, because I always teach my students to um, redefine failure. Like that's just a part of everything that I try and have them like a part of what I have them do if they're struggling with it and perfectionism and I always tell them that mine is my definition of it is kind of similar to where you were ending with it. It's just an opportunity to learn at the end of the day, because if I don't look at it in that way, I'm going to hurt, like be so hard on myself. It's going to be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I, I liked what you said about how it being, you know, not even trying in the first place because then you don't get to learn about it. And school really does kind of set an unrealistic ex like, perception Mm -hmm. of failure and like I always say that they should really just change the letter grading system away from the word f like from f as failure because it's so much more weight to it there versus like in real life sure maybe like work there's some things that might happen but like nine times out of ten you just try and fix it because you don't have a choice so I mean it's still scary but Mm -hmm. the perception of it and moving on from it just makes a world of a difference in that way too Right. I remember in, I think it was seventh grade. No, whenever you learn geometry, like 10th grade, my 10th grade geometry teacher was saying how when he was a kid, he would bring his report card home and show it to his parents. And if he got a C, his dad would ask him like, well, did you try your best? And if he said he did, then that was fine. His dad was okay with it. But if he honestly said, nah, you know, I didn't like do some assignments and the dad would be like, well, we know what we need to work on. When I brought that same logic to my mom, uh, she's like, no, if you get a C or a D or an F, it means you're not working hard enough. So mm-hmm. like you could actually, you could be working hard enough, but to her, it's like, no, there's still more you can do, which mm-hmm. is, I think is like you've said or said the big is the big problem with that grading system. People mm-hmm. are more, more interested in that letter than the work or the effort that the person is putting into it. Yeah. And unfortunately, like it's reinforced by like, I mean, at least in high school, like college acceptance rates and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Like there's certain curriculum and, or not curriculum, but like things that you have to do well or certain grades that you need in order to get into call a lot of colleges or something. So there is a lot of weight to it. And it's unfortunately, I just think how the system is made I like that about the geometry teacher. That's, mm-hmm. that's a, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's the Michael Scott quote. Um, <laughs> you miss a hundred, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. <laughs> 
by Wayne Gretzky. By yeah. Michael Scott. Yeah. yeah by Michael Scott. <laughs> no, but that's true. Like, yeah, yeah. take the shot. Um, yeah. Which, like, if I can plug another quote, uh, my acting teacher has been, I love quotes. My acting mm-hmm. teacher has been using this quote. Uh, it's a Michael Jordan quote. But I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost Mm -hmm. almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Yeah. That's also using a basketball metaphor helps with. (laughs) resonates pretty well with me. Um, But but, uh, yeah, that that reminds me of, I, I mentioned this in the podcast episode I just recorded um yesterday but one of i i the fact that this is the second time that i don't remember who said it but they said (laughs) um was failure i mean success success is just bouncing from failure to failure with the same attitude and i was like ah i like that but Mm -hmm. yeah that's something i'm i'm gonna remember like remind myself constantly because i need to Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we went over how it's how your definition of failure has changed over the years. Um, So also going into, as we mentioned, you have experience with acting, you're pursuing acting, how would you say experiencing failure as an actor may be different than other professions? So as an actor, 95, 90, 95% of our job is failing auditions um there's so like ask anyone who is in the business in the profession anthony hopkins you know anyone you want when they were starting out or even still like you you don't get a job you don't get jobs that's that's the way it works um you can go in and give it your all and then you don't get a job and you don't hear about it uh and to an untrained or unexperienced actor or someone who is just starting, it hurts. Like I remember being in high school and not getting roles and like throwing fits, having breakdowns, thinking I was the worst. And it wasn't until I started getting like into college and in the classes that I'm in now, uh, there was one class in college that I took preparing for the profession where uh, the teacher, the professor explained this, explained like the casting process. You could go in for a commercial and like audition for the dad role and you could be the best person that they see that day like you could you could be the best for that role but they've already cast a mother and two kids and you don't look like them Mm. so they are much more willing and ready to pick the second best actor who looks more like them because it's cheaper and easier to do that than to recast the other four. So with that in mind, it's so important to go into that room realizing like once you've done what you've gone in to do, once you've done the audition, like it's out of your hands. There's nothing Mm -hmm. you can do anymore. So for me as an actor, I need to go in with a goal. I need to go in ready to communicate whatever it is I'm trying to, to the best of my ability. Mm. If, if it is a commercial and I'm trying to promote like a laundry detergent, I need to go in and promote that laundry detergent like the best that I can. It's the best detergent that I've ever used. My kids are so happy, blah, blah, blah. 
this is a terrible reading, but I'm making it up as I go. <laughs> and, and if I can walk out of there saying like, yeah, I did, I, I communicated exactly what I wanted to, like not even worrying about how the casting director or the people in the room reacted. If I feel like I went in and communicated to the best of my ability, then, then I can let it go and mm-hmm. walk away and not worry about it. If I don't get a call, I don't get a call. But yeah, knowing that like, there's just, there's just so much out of your hands mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to being an actor. Yeah. I mean, under my, to my perception or my understanding, like it's not just how, like what you said, it's not just how good you are of an actor or actress or anything like that. It's, it's also so layered based off of just people's opinions in general mm-hmm. on top of like, you might not look the part or something they had in mind, which is again, completely out of your control. Dealing with something like that and knowing that there's so much stacked against you, it can be easy, I'm assuming, to get into a pretty negative mindset um, or negative expectations. Is this something that you've had to deal with of trying to get out of a certain kind of funk in that way? And if so, how did you manage to get out of it? Oh, yeah, I think. okay. so I think the question you're asking is if I go in and then when I'm done, like the judgment starts, like the self-judgment, right? Um, yeah, there's that. Or when you go in, like if you're kind of like an expect the worst kind of perspective, like if you have a, if you're just kind of expecting to not get it, or you're just kind of like, oh, I guess I did my, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So if I go in and I feel like I didn't communicate what I did or like mm-hmm. what or or communicate what I was trying um, to communicate that it, it can suck. Like mm-hmm. y- you leave and you you're down on yourself, but really it's just you need to be able to look inward, not worry about what what the others thought. As soon as you mm-hmm. start thinking about what the casting director thought, what whoever else was in the room thought, it becomes that extrinsic uh, ver- uh, validation again. You're mm-hmm. looking to see what everyone else around you is feeling, where you need to look inward and be like, okay, what could I have done better? Where was I lacking? What mm. What did I do? Or what did I communicate and what, where could I have been stronger in my communication? There's just so much about, I think in terms of like failure and that fear of it, it's a lot of it is just putting focus too much on how everybody else is feeling about, Mm -hmm. about your performance, about what you're doing, about your application, about the thing you submitted. You're worried too much about what everyone else is going to think. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, just just redirecting that attention back to yourself. Mm-hmm. Is, it's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. With having to deal with worrying about other people's opinions so much, is that something that you feel that actors have like that tie into their everyday life, like that that part of their job that they are caring so much about other people's opinions from their job that it starts bleeding into some of their daily things, like caring a lot about just people thinking in general. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's, that's why actors don't like why celebrities don't look at tabloids. Like they're Mm, just, mm -hmm. we're, it's our job to make people see us a certain way. And Mm. so like, because of that, we're constantly thinking about how people are viewing us after a performance. And it's so important to not 
allow those to rule us um, mm-hmm. because we're already really hard on, hard on ourselves. Uh, there's imposter syndrome that act, every mm-hmm. actor deals with. Like the, even one, like Anthony Hopkins, there's a story about Anthony Hopkins where he just recently saw himself on a billboard for a movie he put out and he still doesn't believe that like he deserves to be there. Mm. Like we're, we're constantly judging ourselves. And so we can't afford to allow others, like the thought of others judging us. Just like adding that layer. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. just another, just adding on to that pressure right. on yourself. So that so going so that's why I think it's so important to really focus on that intrinsic value that intrinsic I mm-hmm. keep using those words a lot but I think mm-hmm. I think they're so important when it comes to failure and mm-hmm. like moving past it mm-hmm. it's just finding finding the success through what you're doing and not mm-hmm. worrying about what everyone else is doing or thinking of what you're doing yeah definitely and if someone is either getting into like just starting their acting journey or performing or honestly just dealing with having worrying about other people's expectations on top of your own, what would you suggest is some like first step someone can take to try and make it more intrinsic rather than extrinsic? So there's this practice that I learned when I was at Disney. And I, I think this is answering the question you just asked, um, <laughs> but um, it's backwards timelining. Uh, so are you familiar with backwards timelining? I am not. Was this something okay. you, you taught in yes program? Yeah. Or so like it's something okay. I taught in yes in one of the leadership programs. For those um, of you who don't know really quick. Yes. Is the youth education series that Disneyland has that they, that Justin was a part of. So sorry, yeah. continue. Needed it's okay. No, thank you. There. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Um, so with backwards timelining, you start from the end goal, uh, mm-hmm. and So if the end goal is like, I don't know, you're a writer. If the end goal is you want to write a book, right? Um, Or get a book published, let's say. And I'm going to probably butcher this. You'd think it'd be easier for me to use acting, but I'm going to, I'm going to make this hard (laughs) on myself. So uh, let's say the end goal is you want to publish a book, right? Uh, Or get a book published. So you start there and then you work backwards to like, okay, in order for it to be published, what's the step that needs to happen before that? Uh, and in order for that to happen, what is the step that needs to happen before that? And then so on and so forth. Uh, what this what this hopefully is doing is uh, giving yourself a realistic time frame. Because if you start from the beginning, we tend to not space mm. stuff out appropriately by the end time. And then we can end up getting overwhelmed. Mm. Um, but even with this, the trap we fall into is... The trap that's super easy to fall into is um, we make it extrinsic. So Mm. I'm going to just go back to acting. So let's say I want to be cast in a movie, right? I want to be cast in the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So in order for me to get cast in the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie, I need to uh, make a good impression or get an audition for James Gunn. Mm. And in order for me to get an audition for James Gunn, I need my agent to be able to submit me. And in order for him to submit me, I need to film a self-tape. Now, the problem with those is the last three I have no control over. There's, Mm. I can't control 
getting in a Guardians movie. I can't control getting in front of James Gunn and I can't control my agent mm. submitting me. The only thing I can really control is that self-tape. Mm-hmm. So focusing on that now, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. okay, I want to make a, I want to give a self-tape in order for me to start working towards this big goal of getting cast in Guardians. I, I want to do a self-tape by the end of the week. It's a mm-hmm. realistic time frame. It is doable because I have all of the stuff in my apartment or in my house since I'm living at home currently. Um, and yeah, so I set that. I want it done by Friday. So then in order for me to do that, I need to make sure I'm setting a day aside for filming or for editing. So let's say Thursday, I'm going to edit everything. Uh, then before that, I need to film it. So Wednesday, I'm going to film it. Uh, Tuesday, I'm going to make sure that all of my lighting and sound equipment work. And then today is today. Um, so I've successfully set up the week. I've given myself realistic, attainable goals. Uh, and it's spaced out appropriately, as opposed to thinking like I can do all of that just in one day. And it's mm-hmm. it keeps me from getting stressed mm-hmm. about it, you know? Yeah. Well, and also I like labeling it like what you said, the um, at some point, like labeling what is out of your control and what's not. And right. knowing that you have everything like written out and then you've planned it and you have your, those are your expectations. Those goals that you set are just the expectations that you have to meet rather than anything more inflated that right. might be coming on in your head or your ego might be bringing on in the moment kind of a thing. Right. And like, even like with you, cause you're a writer, you're a published author, but you can't control getting a book published, right? No. Like, yeah. The, so setting no, that as a, yeah. setting that as a goal is not realistic. Yeah, <laughs> it's, well, yeah, it's, and then the way that mine got the yeah, mine and the way I went about it is wildly out of my control. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like every single one of them, all four of them, completely out of my control. So, right. um, yeah, definitely. But mm-hmm. another yeah. another exercise or um, technique that a lot of the Imagineers use is the impossible window, and it's it's super simple. It's literally picking a goal or a dream that you have drawing like a window and drawing what that looks like. And again, mm-hmm. another trap that that can, that you could fall into that is putting like, it's, it's good to dream big. Like mm-hmm. my impossible window for the longest time was winning an Oscar. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's great. I'd love to get there, but that's also something that's out of my control. I can't, mm-hmm. I like it took Leonardo DiCaprio like 20 years of his career to actually get one and but he's been in so many great films so it's good to dream that but it's not attainable so if you're going to do an impossible window make it attainable this one came from instagram when experiencing failure do you have any mindset or self-talk practices that you use in the moment aside from just like knowing that if I don't get something it it's just not meant to be mm-hmm. or like it's not meant to be like right now um that was a big thing at Disney uh because I kept like I would keep applying for trainer and for lead or I guess I got trainer I would keep applying for lead <laughs> and um I wasn't getting it and that was definitely really hard for me for a while and then a friend of mine 
told me that I I keep plant like there's no point in plant continuing to plant seeds in uh in a place where nothing's growing. Mm-hmm. Kind of helped me in terms of other things too. Like if I'm if I am continuously trying and nothing is coming of it, well then it might be beneficial to tweak it just a bit or mm-hmm. look look elsewhere. It's which it sounds a lot like giving up. Which No, it's not. It's learning. Right. Um because like that's the definition of insanity, right? Like doing the same thing over and over again and, and expecting, expecting a different, different result. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um so just looking so like if you're applying for the same job or you're auditioning and stuff isn't working or even if you're submitting like especially right now because of covid for actors like there's mm. it's mostly submitting and self tapes. So if I'm submitting and I'm not getting anything, it's time to start looking at why. Mm-hmm. Um and like I I that's like I said I started looking at my headshots, I started looking at my slate shots. Um I don't have media up right now, so that's a big reason why um all of that stuff is in my control. I also mm-hmm. talked to my manager about it like, "Hey, what's going on on your end? Like is mm-hmm. there is there stuff going on in Hollywood right now? And he was like, you know, the only people who seem to think that things are happening in Hollywood right now are other actors. Like there's like, everyone is still, everyone is still recovering from COVID. Everything is still kind of at a standstill Mm. crews or skeleton crews right now. Like Mm. everything is super expensive. So like just, just work on you. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so that's that's probably the thing. Like, what mm-hmm. what else can I work on for me to make this situation better, mm-hmm. as opposed to like wallowing in that failure? Yeah, and that kind of like I can relate to some of that. And I know a lot of people that either follow me or listen to this are like online coaches or have a business online or something like that. And it's kind of like if you're launching a product and you don't hear anything back or you're constantly doing something, you don't hear anything back. I've had my fair share of experience of like crickets during a launch, like Mm -hmm. full transparency. Like sometimes people don't buy my stuff, but that comes with the job. Right. But it's not easy. It doesn't honestly doesn't get easier. It really doesn't. But to kind of let myself feel that, emotion that comes with that first I know that once I feel it I can get to the other side and then start doing exactly what you're doing just like take a look re reevaluate like what I've done what has worked in the past what ha- what didn't work this time like literally mm-hmm. ask the audience like okay what are you actually interested in you know that kind of a thing so I think right. that can apply to a lot of different areas um, it's really just taking it and learning what you've done and see how Mm -hmm. you can improve next time it's if it's not necessarily like yeah it's not giving up it's literally just adjusting and tweaking and that's okay like that's right it's like when you fall off a bike you have to try a different way Mm -hmm. (laughs) doesn't mean that you're as long as you're not giving up just like in the beginning like a big a big thing especially with covid like with nothing with nothing in the acting world uh moving forward everyone started self-producing like mm-hmm. you pivot that if, if you're mm-hmm. not getting anything, you pivot and make it happen for yourself. Uh, one of my other teachers at the school likes to say the world will invite you to be no one. And it's your job to decline the invitation. Mm. Like if something is not 
working, if something is not happening or like you're not getting what you need, then you need to go out and make it happen. Like Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. like, as much as I don't personally like TikTok, like people have, (laughs) people have made it work for themselves and that's great. Like that's, that's fantastic. It's not my thing, but that's super awesome. Like I have Mm -hmm. a friend who started produce or she produced uh, Les Mis on Zoom, like the entire production. And um, like, that's freaking awesome. (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) So, so yes, start making stuff happen for yourself. And it goes back to that intrinsic value. Like what, Mm -hmm. what do you need in order to feel like you are being the most successful? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, And then the last question I had from Instagram, if you were to dig deeper, what do you think is underneath the fear of failure, which can be different for everyone, but what's your perspective? I think I, I, okay. I honestly don't think it is different for everyone. I think the, I think the root of fate of like that fear of failure is it's, the fear of embarrassment or letting somebody down. It's yep. the fear of, yeah. That's um, what I was going to say. So I was, yeah. that's why I was curious what you're going to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is that an extrinsic fear of people being disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. And so you decide I'm not going to do it because I don't want to let anybody else down. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to do it because it's not going to be good enough for this person. I'm not going to submit a self tape because I don't like it. And I don't think they're going to like it. Like, so mm-hmm. why even do it? Mm-hmm. I don't want to embarrass myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have like people that I've worked with and like, honestly, even myself and like through really getting to know like the whole behaviors when it comes to people pleasing and stuff like at the end of the day it's heavily tied to fear of failure like fear of failure is heavily tied to people pleasing and I Mm -hmm. don't know very many people who deal with like struggle with people pleasing that don't have a fear of failure specifically because of what can come from it based on other people's opinions so yeah that's um so I've been doing this is this may or may not tie in or be interesting but I've been working a lot on um on mental or psychological impediments in my class one of which is sociopaths or uh um personality oh god I forget what it's called um but sociopathic tendencies Mm -hmm. and I think like I think it was like 60 or in the research I did 60 or 70% of CEOs are sociopaths. And Mm. that doesn't necessarily mean like they're serial killers. Like when you hear sociopath, (laughs) you think like Dexter or you, um, not you. I mean the show. you. Uh, Right. (laughs) Um, Because you're just calling me a sociopath. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) um, I mean, I lived with you, so no. Um, And so like, in order to, and the reason that is, is because in order to get there, you can't worry about how other people are going to be affected by your choices. You can't worry mm-hmm. about at, about hurting somebody else or letting other people down. 
You do what mm-hmm. you need to, to, to succeed. And if something goes wrong, you just, you just keep, they just keep moving forward. They don't have much empathy. Right. There's, case. there's that lack of empathy. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like, you need a lack of empathy in order to get over a fear or failure. Like, no, no. <laughs> a, a normal person, like it's, it's perfectly normal to experience that fear of failure, that, that like desire mm-hmm. to not want to let anybody down like that's what makes you human Mm -hmm. um but it's also like important to like like you've been teaching like to work through that and past it and realize like it's okay to let people down sometimes like as as long as you're serving yourself like yeah yeah in a healthy way Mm -hmm. right yeah because like something that I said while recording a TikTok the other day and I was like oh I really like that and I thought I was kidding (laughs) but it was that other people's um other people's responses is their own responsibility people's perception of you is not your business exactly yeah 100% that's a hunt like there is nothing you can do you could be the nicest person in the entire world you could be the most giving person in the entire world and there will still be at least one person who doesn't like you for whatever reason freaking there's like there's a whole website I don't know if it's a website but I've read there's like a whole article that I read the other day talking about how Mother Teresa was not that great of a person it's like (laughs) a literal (laughs) saint yeah like it, it, you're always going to find people who have a problem with something you do, and it's none of your business. Like as mm-hmm. long as you keep keep on moving forward, keep doing what you need to do. That's like that's 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 what's important. Mm-hmm. I just have three rapid fire questions that I ask all of my guests. Um, yeah. But first, if anyone wanted to connect with you, how would they be able to do that? Um, Instagram would probably be the best, uh, at Justonicus, J-U-S-T-O-N-I-C-U-S. It'll be linked Um, in the show notes for everyone. So for the rapid fire questions, it's just going to be whatever comes to mind first for you. Great. It's just three. (laughs) All right. Number one, what does happiness mean to you? Happiness is a warm gun. No, um, Beatles song. Um, what does happiness mean to me? This is this is hard. I know it's mm-hmm. supposed to be rapid fire, but this is no, hard. No, it's okay. Whatever. Oh, uh, boy. What does happiness mean to me? Comfort. Happiness is comfort. If that if that makes and whatever comfort is to you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you were saying contentment and like Yeah. That that works too. Like that's actually yeah. what I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, contentment. Yeah. yeah. Being content with where you are. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be like... Being uh, <laughs> like so deep. Being able to sleep. Being able to sleep through the night is, is pretty good too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Number two. What's okay. one thing on your bucket list that you can't wait to do? Uh, raise a son, which will be happening soon. Well, raise yeah, children. Yeah, we never talked about that. That'll be happening that. soon. We yeah. didn't mention that. I know. Honestly, I, oh, my God. Speaking of fear of failure, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, like, it's like, like, there's so many ways I could just mess that up. And so it's just, Justin yeah. and his wife are having a baby in August, which actually I think is when this episode is going to be coming out. I, um, yeah. so by the time this episode comes out, you might have your I'm, son. <laughs> yeah, my son will be here. 
That's crazy. It's so crazy to think about. Actually, that's great because the last person I interviewed, Becca, she's pregnant too. And that was her answer as well. So yeah, she's going to be due like a month or two after you guys. So yeah, that's exciting. That's funny. Okay, number three. If you could give your younger self one main piece of advice, what would that be? Just do it. Like, <laughs> like honestly, just do it. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, just do it. Like, and I could probably go into more detail, but that's probably the most, like, simplest way to put it. Like, we all know what that means. Yeah. Like, yeah. we all we all saw the Shia LaBeouf video from years <laughs> ago. Like, we, we get it. Just send them the Shia LaBeouf video. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let your dreams be dreams. Well, again, thanks for having me. This was fantastic. You're this welcome. was something that, honestly, like, even this, there's that fear that mm-hmm. came with it. And it's it's literally what we talked about there at the end. The the fear of embarrassment that I might say something stupid, that fear of letting letting you down, being somebody mm-hmm. I care about, and this being something that's important to you, and it being important to me because it's important to you. So but just really trust that's that's the other thing, I guess, too. Re- just really trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. Like having that trust that that what you say is relevant and true and because it's what you're saying in the moment and yeah don't be afraid don't oh that's it don't be afraid to mess it up don't be afraid to mess it up that's that's probably the most recent advice that I've been getting a lot that I really enjoy don't don't be afraid to mess it up yeah go out there and mess it up good way to end that that's a good yeah. good final conclusion. Well, thank yeah. you so much. And again, if anyone <laughs> wants to connect with Justin, his Instagram will be in the show notes. And other than that, thank you again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Be Your Own Badass podcast. Love this episode? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Do you have a question that you'd like answered on the Be Your Own Badass podcast? Go to sarahcatherine.com slash badass question to submit your question, get featured on air, and receive specific advice to help you. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time.